Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. All right, Mr. News, hit it. What the Democrats in the United States Senate are doing right now, attempting to do to former President Trump, is a textbook case of unconstitutional impeachment. Stand by. The doors to the newsroom are locked and the PC police are not getting in, so sit back and relax as we unfold this edition of the Ledger Report. There was a time, a time before cable, when the local anchorman reigned supreme. And in San Diego... One anchor man was more man than the rest. His name was Graham Ledger. It is so obviously wrong to suggest that impeaching a president is unconstitutional, that impeaching a former president is unconstitutional. So why are some suggesting it? Well, There seems to be a desire on the political right to avoid passing judgment one way or the other on former President Trump and his role in fomenting the despicable attack on the Capitol January 6. There seems to be some hope that Republicans could oppose the former president's impeachment impeachment on process grounds rather than grappling with his actual awful conduct. Let me be very clear. This is not going to fly. The trial is going to happen. It is certainly and clearly constitutional. And if the former president is convicted, there will be a vote to disqualify him from future office. There's only one question at stake, only one question that senators of both parties will have to answer before God in their own conscience. Is former President Trump guilty of inciting an insurrection? against the United States. Stop tape. He almost said the other word. Did you catch that? (laughs) Old Chuck Schumer almost didn't say insurrection, and he said something else. I'm not going to go into the gutter, all right? Uh, But he made this mistake uh, about a week ago when he was arguing for impeachment. He used a word that sounds similar to insurrection, uh, but has a sexual connotation to it. You know what I'm talking about here. Almost did it again. It's a joke. This is a farce. And anybody who has any inkling about the Constitution, I am no constitutional scholar, but I read the Constitution, and I have reread the Constitution, and I try and study the Constitution, and I read the Federalist Papers, and I try and understand the meaning of each sections of the Constitution, and I I try and uh, read through the Federalist Papers what the framers of the Constitution meant behind each codicil and section of the founding document. It's not rocket science. It's there for anyone to read. And so when you look at the reason the framers of the Constitution wanted to infuse impeachment in the United States Constitution, it's very simple. It Think of King George. That's what they were thinking of. How do you get rid of a king? You can't. 
And so the framers, in particular with the president of the United States, and there was great debate whether there should be a chief executive at all. You know, this was a large chunk of what was debated in Philadelphia in 1787, whether there should be a chief executive. And if there was a chief executive, how strong, how weak, what would it look like, et cetera, et cetera. At at one point, the framers only had a a parliamentary system uh, in place. Of course, people like James Madison, um, who were arguing for a strong federal government, knew there had to be some sort of chief executive, knew there had to be some sort of commander-in-chief, and of course that's uh, what we have now. But they wanted to make sure that this president that they were developing in the United States Constitution in 1787 had checks and balances, had breaks, had a way of removal, not just punishment, not just, hey, we're going to slap your wrist, but actual removal if you have a maniac that you happen to have elected president or any office holder of the federal government, the framers of the Constitution wanted to give the people, through Congress, some sort of recourse to remove that person from high office. And so they gave us a couple of sections in the Constitution, one in Article One and one in Article Two, delineating, as the framers did in many cases of the Constitution, rather vaguely, about impeachment. But the intent of impeachment was not to go back in time and impeach a former office holder. The intent of impeachment is to remove. That is clear. It is crystal clear. And ask yourself, in, in 74, why didn't the Democrats who were in charge go and impeach Richard Nixon after he left office? Well, it didn't make any sense. They achieved their goal. They got rid of Richard Nixon. They got him to leave office and, and, and resign. Well, the Democrats have got their wish here that President Trump has left office and left office peacefully. And he is no longer president of the United States. So why are they doing this? They are doing this because they're deathly afraid of now citizen Donald Trump because they know he's not going anywhere and that there's a very good chance that he would run for a second term in office. And by the way, this sets up an interesting um, constitutional dilemma. I'm going to have to study this one. Could President Trump be reelected in 2024 and then reelected again in 2028 for four, eight total, two consecutive terms? You know, that's how Jerry Brown got around the constitutional limitations of governor in California. Jerry Brown, in the 70s into early 80s, had two consecutive terms as governor, and then he went off and meditated for the next couple of decades and contemplated his navel and dated Linda Ronstadt and then kind of worked his way back into government and was the mayor of uh, Oakland and then became the attorney general, and voila! Jerry Brown is back in the governor's mansion. (laughs) for two consecutive terms. So he served 16 years as governor of California, all told. Is that what the intent was when the the framers of the California Constitution put their limitations on governor? For a guy like this to bend the rules? All right, well, let's bring it on. You know, President Trump in 2024, 2028. (laughs) 
That's fascinating. So this is what they're afraid of. Chuck Schumer and company and Nancy Pelosi posthumously now retroactively trying to punish and brand Donald Trump ineligible to ever run for president again. They are deathly afraid of Donald Trump. They want to kneecap him. Let me just give you a little warning and educate you, Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi. Even if your nefarious plan succeeds, which is wholly unconstitutional, and you're able to garner enough votes to render Donald Trump uh, ineligible to run for higher office again, it's not going to keep him from doing his thing. It's not going to keep him from being a leader. It's not going to keep him from developing a new Republican Party or a new political party altogether. It's not going to stop him from developing a media empire, which I believe he's going to do. It's going to look like some sort of combination of of mainstream media as well as social media with an eyeball on this crazy thing we call the First Amendment. It's not going to stop him from doing any of that. So this thing is highly unconstitutional. It's highly unconstitutional. Why? Because we know the intent of the framers of the Constitution and why they wanted to give us the tool of impeachment through our representatives in Congress. It's not to punish a private citizen. Donald Trump is a private citizen. He can't be impeached. And I want to go into that exactly why and exactly what the framers of the Constitution said about that. But I also want to go to the evidence. A couple things here. Number one, the evidence. And number two, Justice Roberts. And I'll start with Roberts. The guy has been a wholesale disappointment. We know that, right? Just all over the map from a constitutional perspective. Not from a political perspective, but from a a strictly constitutional perspective. John Roberts is a mess. But on this matter, apparently, I'm trying to get a definitive reason why John Roberts is refusing. I've heard various things. But John Roberts is refusing to be seated for this impeachment trial. It makes it an impossibility, yet they're continuing on, they being the Democrats. And Pat Leahy is going to play the role of Justice Roberts. That's not what is in the Constitution. It says nothing about a sitting senator who, by the way, has a vote. This is wholly against what the United States Constitution and our protection of liberty and freedom is all about. It's not meant to be judge, jury, and executioner. That's what the Senate is now. Judge, jury, executioner. There's no impartial judge presiding over these proceedings. No, it's a partisan hack who's been in the United States Senate since 1951 or whatever. This is not anything close to a constitutional move to punish and then possibly remove a sitting president of the United States, which is the intent of the mentions in the Constitution about impeachment. This has nothing to do with it. It's only about politics and only about trying to prevent Donald Trump from running for president ever again. And the evidence that they're going to present is nonsensical. And by the way, what occurred on January 6th, in my mind, was not an insurrection. It was, you can call it a riot if you want, but not an insurrection. What are you talking about? These people just meandered through the halls. They weren't supposed to be there, not condoning it. 
But they just kind of meandered through. Oh, they stole Nancy Pelosi's laptop and they, they tried to take a few things. <laughs> in, fa- in fact, I, I remember one picture where they're walking through a statutory hall where all the statues are. And they're actually staying between the stanchions on the, uh, on the carpet. And the <laughs> I mean, hey, listen, I wish it didn't happen because it hurt our cause. But this was not an insurrection. There weren't people with guns that are still holding the Capitol hostage now. That's an insurrection. They weren't cutting off heads using a guillotine or whatever. That's an insurrection. This was a, a, a spontaneous, maybe not so spontaneous, given the, the players that were involved. And I don't want to get into it. We know there was Antifa. We know there was Black Lives. We know this was a setup, either fully or partially. But it wasn't an insurrection. They can't argue insurrection, but they're going to. And they can't argue that Donald Trump incited this because he, the text of his speech, if it's so impeachable, let's hear it. Play the damn speech. We know, number one, that he didn't have any kind of inflammatory language. In fact, the opposite. He said, go peacefully march to the Capitol. But we also know, apparently, the timing's a little bit off. Hopefully somebody with a brain will bring that up in the media and also on the floor of the United States Senate, that the insurrection was underway while he was speaking. <laughs> so He didn't exactly say, and there is no evidence of Donald Trump saying, yeah, let's go to the Capitol, let's storm the Capitol, let's break in there and take Nancy Pelosi's laptop. It didn't happen. But this is what they're going to try and, and jam down our throats. Now, I want to start with, uh, in my little handy-dandy pocket constitution, compliments of the Heritage Foundation, I want to start with Article 2, Section 4 that talks about impeachment. It's the one that's probably most quoted. The president, vice president, and all civil officers of the United States shall be removed from office on impeachment for and conviction of treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. Now, we've heard this one a million times, right? But do you see anything about punishing a former president and not allowing him to ever run for president again in here? And, and what is the intent of Article 2, Section 4? It's pretty clear. It doesn't say anything but removal from office. The president, vice president, all civil officers of the United States shall be removed from office through impeachment, etc., etc. So that is Article 2, Section 4. But then we back up. I'm doing this backwards because I want to uh, then go to the uh, Federalist Papers because it's important. Now, this is what Chucky Schumer is focusing on. This is Article 1, Section 3. The Senate shall have the sole power to trial, try impeachments. When sitting for that purpose, they shall be on an oath or affirmation. When the President of the United States is tried, the Chief Justice shall preside. Doesn't say anything about Patrick Leahy in here. Doesn't say anything about a hack Democrat senator presiding. No. It says the chief justice shall preside. And no person shall be convicted without the concurrence of two-thirds of the members present. By the way, I, even with Mitt Romney and Susan Collins and, and Murkowski in there and these other worthless so-called Republicans, I do not believe they're going to get two-thirds. I mean, we've seen the vote on the Rand Paul matter, or whether this is constitutional, and God bless Rand Paul for bringing that up. And 
the hell with Mitt Romney for voting in favor along with the Democrats. It's unbelievable to me how off the charts and how wrong he is on history just consistently and how much he has a personal hatred for Donald Trump. I don't want to go there either. But the bottom line is, I don't believe they're going to get the two-thirds. So this is a pipe dream on behalf of of Schumer uh, and Pelosi. But the bottom line is, it is the chief justice who shall provide. But it goes on. Judgment in cases of impeachment shall not extend further than to the removal from office and disqualification to hold and enjoy any office of honor, trust, or profit under the United States. Now, so this is what Schumer is glomming on here, that they want to DQ Donald Trump from running again in 2024. That's how terrified they are of Donald Trump. That's how terrified they are of 75, 80 million, maybe 100 million Americans like you and me. They want to DQ, they want to brand a scarlet letter on Donald Trump. So he cannot defeat them again because they know how weak they are. They know how precarious they are. They know they have a Manchurian candidate in the White House right now. And by 2024, it's going to be the 47th president of the United States, isn't it? Judgment in cases of impeachment shall not extend further than the removal of office and disqualification to hold and enjoy any office of honor, trust, or profit under the United States, i.e., the president of the United States, but the party. Now, this is the important part here of Article 1, Section 3. But the party convicted shall nevertheless be liable and subject to indictment, trial, judgment, punishment according to the law. Why is that part important? Chuck Schumer is wrong on another level here. The framers put that in the Constitution and it's backed up by Alexander Hamilton in the Federalist Papers. They put that in there to remind people, whether it's the president or the senators or just you and me, that after someone is president of the United States or a high office holder, that they may be subject to the rule of law. And that is be held either civilly or criminally responsible for their actions. So if Chuck Schumer, and Chuck Schumer uses the word criminal or crime in describing Donald Trump. So if, if that's the case, Chuck, why don't you just allow the, uh, the district attorney in Washington, D.C. to prosecute? And then we'll go through the evidence and we'll have a bunch of discovery and we'll play the speech over and over and over and over again. Or any of the Donald Trump's speeches and and any of his videos or any of his tweets that have now all been erased. Where are those, by the way? Do those exist somewhere? I would like to know. Um, The framers wanted impeachment to be used to remove from office. And sure, if you want to slap him on the wrist, say you can't ever hold office along the way, fine. But that was subordinate to the main purpose of impeachment. And that is removal. And so Federalist Paper 69, written by Alexander Hamilton, and by the way, if you didn't know, Hamilton wrote the majority of the Federalist Papers. He's talking about impeachment, and he backs up what is written there in Article 1, Section 3, and it's this line. He says, the President of the United States would be liable 
to be impeached, tried, and upon conviction of treason, bribery, and other high crimes or misdemeanors, removed from office. And there's a semicolon here. And would afterwards be liable to prosecution and punishment in the ordinary course of law. In other words... If Congress wants to do its job and impeach a president and remove him from office, that's their job. Their job is not to throw him in jail. If Chuck Schumer is correct and there was a crime committed, that is the job of the courts, not of the United States Senate, not of Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. Their job is to, if they choose, if the majority chooses, if the two-thirds chooses, to remove a president a sitting president from office. And if there is a crime committed, then it is to be pursued under due process of law, which is then delineated also in the Constitution, but in our rule of law, in our civil society. So it is not the job of Chuck Schumer posthumously to punish a former president. It is the job of the courts. And it's delineated right there. Once again, just to be clear, the framers of the Constitution wanted the Congress to use impeachment to remove a sitting president. If there was to be some sort of punishment beyond removal, then it is up to the courts. This is a fairly simple concept Yet here we are at the threshold of a completely unconstitutional impeachment. Joining me now is the founder of the Crime Prevention Research Center and also author of the book, More Guns, Less Crime, and more recently, senior advisor with the Trump administration, John Lott. John, I have been trying to chronicle how this impeachment process is wholly unconstitutional, and it's easy to figure out why it's unconstitutional because the framers of the constitution gave us impeachment in particular for the chief executive as a tool to remove primarily remove from office because they didn't want another king george right well it wasn't just primarily it was solely i mean anybody can read article two of the constitution there and they and they say specifically whether it's the president or other uh public servants, they can go and remove them solely. Uh, You know, that's the whole point of impeachment. They say nothing else uh, in that discussion. It's very brief. Uh, It's, you know, just a few lines in the Constitution. And so, uh, you know, plus it's supposed to be presided over by the Chief Justice, and he's refusing to participate, which should give people a signal that even John Roberts thinks that this is not a proper way to go about doing things. Even John Roberts. And, and there's nothing, no mention in the Constitution, I've read it a few times, uh, John Lott, about uh, Patrick Leahy being the right. stand-in or right. any member of the United States. There is no other process delineated in the Constitution or in the Federalist Papers, by the way. And I've read the Federalist Papers regarding impeachment. Um, there is no tertiary or secondary or tertiary method here to impeachment. It's strictly delineated in the Constitution. Right. And, yeah, and, right, and right. these members of the Democrat Party have now weaponized it two times to right. harm the president. 
I mean, the first time was a travesty, uh, the way they, uh, you know, trumped up false charges that were there. But this time, they have no role for doing it. And somehow the notion that uh, Senator Leahy is going to be an impartial judge uh, in the proceedings here is just not even remotely credible. I don't even know why the media takes that seriously at all. Do you worry, as I do, when you step back and you look at the big picture, how they've cheapened impeachment and how they have now laid a foundation uh, for future members of Congress to weaponize impeachment with, without the intent that the framers of the Constitution gave us for impeachment? And do you also worry, as I do, about what kind of lesson this is sending to young people when eventually, you know, they will go to Congress. That impeachment is uh, just something to be flung around once in a while just to beat up an opponent. Right. Look, anybody who actually listens to Trump's speech on the 6th, I've asked people, point to something that he said that was objectionable. You know, he asked people to peacefully march to the Capitol to show their support for the congressmen and senators who wanted to have an audit and check the results that were there. He immediately condemned the violence multiple times. Compare that to somebody like Biden, who has referred to people like uh, Cruz and Hawley as being Nazi types, you know, you know, like uh, Joseph Goebbels, uh, and who lied constantly about Trump uh, with regard to Charlottesville, saying that he was saying that there were fine people on both sides, somehow referring to the white supremacists. I mean, those were outright lies. You, you look at the 2017 inauguration and all the riots, the violent riots where the Trump supporters were being injured and harmed. Has any of the Democrats condemned that? Any of the national Democrats condemned that? And yet at the time they were going and saying that Trump was an illegitimate president. So, you know, if, if this is going to be the standard where somebody calls for people to peacefully march and then condemns that uh, when a riot occurs, if that somehow is an impeachable offense, what what does Biden calling his political opponents Nazis? I mean, that seems like much worse uh, type of problem there. And, and, that's, and that's what I worry about. We've lowered the bar and, and potentially low. I don't know how you raise the bar back up to where Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer have dropped the bar. But when you step back again and you look at the big picture, why are they doing this, John? Well, it seems pretty obvious to me that they're deathly afraid of Donald Trump. And they're deathly afraid of the 80 to 100 million people who are following Donald Trump. They're deathly afraid that he's going to run for re-election and win in 2024 and then potentially be able to run again in 2028. <laughs> I mean, think about that. This is what they're afraid of. They want to slap him down and bury him politically. I, I think you're exactly right. I mean, if he is impeached, he will be barred from being able to go and run again. Yeah. Uh, and you know, just on that slim hope that they will be able to do that, even though it's very likely, as we were just talking about, the courts would throw out the impeachment in this case because it it doesn't follow any of the rules that were there. There's nobody, not one case in U.S. history, despite all the impeachments, where somebody who was already out of office and left peacefully, by the way, uh, was uh, was impeached. They never held a trial. They never held an impeachment vote for somebody like that. And Chuck Schumer is trying to quote some obscure case from 1876 with the detail. He, Of course, he whitewashes the details of what transpired there. The bottom line, this is completely unconstitutional. Speaking of unconstitutional, 
Uh, you are, if not the, one of the preeminent experts of, of guns and protecting the Second Amendment. Um, the first hundred days of the Biden administration, we know what Kamala Harris wants to do with firearms, uh, but uh, Joe Biden is, is no better. And he's got a nefarious plan here for the first 100 days that would turn anybody who sells a firearm to another American it, into a, a potential liability process there, right? Right. No, he wants to change the liability rules for, for gun makers and gun sellers so that if anything goes wrong with the use of the gun, uh, you know, there's an accident, there's a crime occurring with it, a suicide, then they will be liable. I mean, could you imagine applying that standard to automobiles? I mean, there are 4.5 million Americans who are injured in car accidents each year. What would happen to the car industry if somebody who's texting or not paying attention and gets into an accident, the people that are harmed or their relatives can go and sue Ford Motor or General Motors for pain and suffering, for lost wages, for hospital care there, where it's, you know, we're not talking about product liability suits. We're not talking about if they sell a gun and don't do a proper background check on it or sell it to somebody who they know is a criminal or have reason to suspect will commit a crime. We're talking about a company or a seller who follows the law completely. The gun works exactly as it was supposed to operate, and yet they're going to be sued. The whole point of this is just to put them out of business. Yep. And, and this is what their the plan has been for many, many years, John, and that is to chip away. They can't go after the Second Amendment directly, right? Because there's no way they're going to be able to repeal the Second Amendment. At least I don't believe they'll get enough states to ever repeal the Second Amendment. I hope anyway, knock on wood. But they've figured out ways to go to the fringe. For example, making it more difficult to buy bullets. In California, you know, there are limitations to how many uh, bullets you can buy at a singular right. time. And then you have to do a background check and right. it, when you even buy uh, ammo. And so this is part of the nefarious plan to make it harder and harder and harder and harder for people to purchase and own uh, firearms and exercise their Second Amendment rights. Yeah, in California, the first seven months that they had the background checks for the bullets, the attorney general in California admitted that something like 120,000 purely law-abiding Californians were stopped from being able to purchase any ammunition simply because the, the system was a complete mess. But they were in no rush to try to fix it uh, at all. Uh, you know, you look at the list of uh, proposals that Biden wants to have. It's not just the liability change, which would put most gun makers and sellers out of business. He wants to go and classify semi-automatic rifles as what are called class three weapons. These are machine guns. Machine guns are what are do that. You have to go through a long check, can take nine months at least. It would probably increase in terms of length. Uh, you have to pay a $200 fee uh, for the license and registration that's there. And it's just their way of making it very costly, as you say. They've also talked about making it so it's not just a one-time $200 fee, but it'd be a $200 fee every year that you'd have to go and pay. There's a whole range of different types of regulations, uh, you know, background checks on the private transfers of guns, other things just to make it costly for law-abiding citizens to obtain a gun for self-defense. Just another example of how this administration and the modern Democrat Party are at war with our personal liberty and our constitutional rights. And it's why I have been suggesting lately, John, that that 
folks who adhere to the Constitution and governments, local governments and state governments that adhere to the Constitution need to start coalescing and banding together like Texas is leading the way now in in challenging uh, the new administration. And and God bless uh, Texas for doing exactly that. And God bless you for your hard work. Uh, We appreciate it. What's your website? Can you give me the name the address of your website, please? It's thank you. It's crimeresearch.org, crimeresearch.org for our research. All right, John Lott, uh, keep up the great work. And thanks very much for joining us. Thank you for being there, Graham. Bottom line, what the Democrats did in 2019 into 2020 and what the Democrats are doing now in 2021 is doing irreparable harm to the United States Constitution. And it's teaching quite a lesson to young people that impeachment can be completely weaponized by a hack political party in order to try and destroy a human being, an American citizen, who just happened to be president of the United States. It is disgusting. Because that's what transpired, we know, toward the end of 2019 into 2020. This was a hyper-constitutional impeachment attempt. It was a sham. Based on zero evidence, they created a lot of smoke, but there was absolutely no fire. And there was no reason for that impeachment. There was no evidence of any kind of high crime or misdemeanor. And in this case, they're scurrying along, hurrying to impeach the president of the United States as he's leaving office. They know he's leaving office. It's a hyper, hyper political move, but also it's completely unconstitutional after January 20th. Okay, fine. You've now branded Donald Trump, the 45th president of the United States, as the only president to be impeached twice. Wonderful. But they were both sham impeachments. But now... To proceed further is an absolute and and an attempt to prevent Donald Trump from ever running for office again is a complete and total constitutional sham. And it's a horrible, horrible attack on our founding document and lowering the threshold for whatever is to happen next. And so Donald Trump is in Florida He's remaining a little bit quiet right now, which is fine. He's formulating, he's planning, whatever he's doing, I want to be a part of it. Absolutely want to be a part of it. And one of the things he might be working on is what to do about the Republican Party. So my ledger register, if you go to GrahamLedger.com, would you support Donald Trump if he and other Republican leadership form a new constitutional political party? Now, the president, the former president, has said that he doesn't necessarily want to blow up the Republican Party. I don't know if the Republican Party is repairable. I look at what has gone on and I look at the current leadership and the weak, weak Republican leadership. And then I look at these so-called Republican players in high levels of government and in lower levels of government. And I see nothing like what Ronald Reagan wanted his party to be. It's nothing like I would like the Republican Party to be. I don't think it's fixable. When you have so many people forming a circular firing squad, only caring, caring, caring about their hindsight, that is a problem. That is a recipe for disaster, in my opinion. And I don't think the Republican Party, I'm going to try and help fix it. And as I said, I'll join forces with President Trump if he would like me to. I'll be there for him. I'll move to Florida. I don't care. But I don't know that the Republican Party... Uh, is fixable. And I know that the Democrat Party is gone past the point of no return. 
because they are the authors now of what I call a textbook case of unconstitutional impeachment. This edition of the Ledger Report is on its way. The Archives Library of Congress. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. I'm Graham Ledger. And remember, even when I'm wrong, I'm right. <laughs>